0: What I'd like to share with you tonight, reflections on, is things like this, uncertainty. (laughs) So when I got the text from our guest teacher, um, I could feel immediately needing to rush, right? Like, I don't have a lot of time. We need to do something different. And uh what i noticed was around how my mind was relating to time and what it was doing to that because all of a sudden the world had changed and even you know when i got here to where we are here at buu um uh, congregation and the zoom wasn't working i could still feel that again like oh okay there's eight minutes before we need to begin And then I could feel this pressure, the the things that come with an uncertain world. And this is what I'd like to share with you some reflections on is how my mind and maybe your mind relates to time, because I see it most poignantly when things are uncertain or when things feel pressured. And I think it's such a fascinating um, realm because so much of the practice that we're doing in meditation is I'm trying to become curious, like, how is my mind relating to this experience? And to me, that is, that is the key question that has opened so much on this path in practice and also has opened up a lot just in my own life, just to become curious, like, okay, this is going on, but how's the mind relating to it? Because what I find is this practice, that's the gift. I get to realize what my mind might be heaping on to the experience that doesn't necessarily need to be there. And this often can be intertwined with how my mind's
1: relating to time. So really what's your relationship to time? And maybe you've felt this in your life. You know, I know
0: that I can get hooked by this feeling of I don't have enough time or I'm wasting time or I'm spending it unwisely or I'm not saving time so well. And as a result of that, it creates a kind of tension. And I want to be clear, you know, there there might be uh, a real use for time management strategies. I'm not trying to <laughs> undermine those things that can be really helpful, but it's this other thing that I really want to uh, to explore. And what I want to propose is when I become sensitive to how my mind's relating to time, and I can start to vary and to be in this moment in different in a different way. It's like there's this secret door that I find opens to freedom, just,
1: just in moments like this, like this happened this evening. The, word, the place I'd like to begin is
0: to point out that how I uh, relate to something is often intertwined to how I conceptualize it. And in, in terms of dominant culture, and you probably heard this in some of the phrases I just used around time, is the common conceptualization of time is often that it's some kind of commodity that I possess. Have you noticed this with the language that's used, right? There can be a relationship to time in terms of one is either saving time or wasting time or spending time, or you might invest some time in something (laughs) or you're taking time a commodity often, right? I can have the feeling, maybe you can relate, relate to this, where there's a feeling of not having enough of it or wanting more of it. And hopefully you're hearing in this, it, 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 uh, when I slow down with this kind of language, it's like, oh, there's a kind of endless grasping for time in this weird way, in the way I conceptualize it in this sense. It's like I'm I'm hooked by it. I always want more in some way. And in some ways, I, I want to confess. It's like I, I want to say, hi, I'm Brian. I'm addicted to hoarding time.
1: <laughs> no, no, no. And
0: you can relate to that. <laughs> and, and I think it's true. Busyness, it, what I've noticed when, when my mind gets hooked to that, can have an addictive quality to it. And I think that many of us, maybe if again, you're like me, come by this honestly. There can be almost this hidden message that if you're not busy, you're wasting your life away.
1: And it can be like the common thing that we tell each other, oh, I'm, I've been so busy. And what underlies this is it means if you're not busy, then you're not really doing really important things.
0: Are you starting to hear that it's, it's the relationship to time here that's there's something funny here and where the hook is? It's like I'm, I'm ruled and at the mercy of the movement of the hands on a clock, which I guess nobody sees very much anymore, so maybe the numbers on your wrist.
1: That doesn't sound like freedom to me, and it doesn't feel like freedom to me. Some of you might know there's this uh, book, Gulliver's Travels, that
0: was was written by Jonathan Swift. And in the book, Gulliver, he's traveling to all these different places. One of the characters is in the land of Lilliput. And the Lilliputians, who are these people who are only, I think, six inches tall, are inspecting Gulliver's watch. And what they say is really interesting because they have no idea what a watch is. And they say, we conjecture it is either some unknown animal or the God that he worships. But we are more inclined to the latter opinion because he assured us, if we understood him right, for he expressed himself very imperfectly, that he seldom did anything without consulting it. He called it his oracle
1: and and said it pointed out the time for every action of his life. I find that such a great description. So it's not only a
0: commodity, but now it's a deity that oppresses me, that
1: tells me where to be again and again, that I wear on my wrist or now on my phone.
0: Can you relate to this? Can, can, Can there be a question at least in your heart of like,
1: yeah, maybe there's something to trying to change my relationship to time. So how to step out of being oppressed by time? How to do this in terms of this path in this practice? How to find the secret door? Remember, this was uh, I think six or seven
0: years ago. I went to this art complex in Santa Fe called, I don't know if anybody's been to that, the Meow Wolf art complex. It's a trip. It's this whole building. I don't want to say too much about it. But it's this massive art installation that's um, interactive and kind of you're exploring in there. And I remember I want to give one thing away because it's just so interesting. There's a refrigerator that you open, and in the refrigerator is a secret doorway, the secret passageway into another kind of realm. I love that. That was the, the thing that I loved the most. And I feel like practice sometimes can feel like this. I'm, I'm discovering the secret door, the secret door to my freedom. And, and a lot of the secret door is actually into my lived experience and out of this world of quote unquote clock time,
1: which I want to get into. So around time, that's the switch for me. What's my what's my
0: lived experience of time? That seems to be a secret doorway for me, and I want to go over this to hopefully give you a feeling sense of this. Not not the time on my watch or my phone, but my lived experience of time because it's really quite different than what's happening. I find on my phone because the the watch on your phone or uh, the the time on your phone or watch it's we could say relatively pretty rigid of how it's conceptualized and how it's created. For example, a second, right, 60 seconds in a minute, a second is now defined, I wanna give you the definition of this, as the duration of 9,192,631,770 periods of the radiation corresponding to the transition between the two hyperfine levels of the ground state of the cesium-133 atom.
1: (laughs) I just wanna point out that has nothing to do with my lived experience right now, right?
0: And yet it rules my life and I don't even understand that sentence to tell you the truth. And I'm sure that definition has its uses, but again, it doesn't have anything to do with my my lived experience
1: right now. Even that isn't supposedly very constant, right? We have to have leap seconds now just to fill it in.
0: And it's true that, that the human body does have a relatively constant biological clock, which roughly, again, it's rough, follows a 24 hour cycle. But have you noticed that, that your perception, my perception of time is so different than this? I'm sure you know this. We're in the experience in which an hour can feel like a few minutes, or a few minutes can feel like an hour. That's more my lived experience of time. Three, Three months at times can feel longer
1: than a whole lifetime. Or sometimes time feels rushed, or it feels so spacious. It can feel endless or brief.
0: And so, hopefully, you're hearing at least my senses is that our inner sense of time is more fluid and deep than the time that I strap to my wrist. So, what makes it feel like that when an hour feels like a few minutes? What's going on there, or when a few minutes feel like it feels like an hour? It's my mind. It's my mind that's shaping experience. And again, This is so much of practice. Can I begin to notice again and again how my mind is shaping experiences, shaping the world
1: moment after moment? But you can be waiting in line, waiting in line. A few minutes feels like an hour. I can be standing in line and being present, practicing kindness to everybody in the line. An hour can feel like just a few minutes. What world do you want to inhabit?
0: This is what this path and practice is about, is that it's partially shaped by this mind, and if it's partially shaped by this mind, I can influence how experience
1: unfolds. I can't control it, but I can influence in some way. I mean, just coming over here, I mean, I guess I knew I was giving this talk, so I guess it was kind of primed. But I
0: remember walking outside the door and looking up at the pine trees and seeing them blow in the wind in that kind of early evening sunlight. So beautiful. It was so moving. It felt vast in a way where I could linger with that. And that was
1: a different time. It was, it was just here. It was just now, just this. And I think that this is what can be so powerful if I become sensitive to how
0: my mind's relating to time. I remember uh, some friends of ours had come to visit us here in Flagstaff, and driving around, I think it was off of um, in downtown Flagstaff there, and uh, our friend friends had gotten a rental car and uh, got a, a flat tire, and I remember getting out of the car and feeling like we needed to rush to take care of it and then realizing there's no rush you know (laughs) we're doing fine we don't have any meetings or anything like that let's just hang out and, and take care of this but there was a habit that something happened that was uncertain and then we had to do something
1: about it And it was just coming into, oh, oh, it's just here. It's it's just now, it's just this. It felt so different to drop an unneeded urgency. And I I think this this
0: unneeded urgency sometimes can pervade also the work world. There can be such a push. I remember I was working construction and it it felt like (laughs) This happened every Friday morning. The, the, uh, my boss would come around to us crew. And each Friday, he'd look around and he'd be like, you know, I can't believe it. I thought we'd be further along than this. I mean, he'd been building houses for like two decades. And it'd be the same thing. Looking at us, of course, because we hadn't done enough. <laughs> but it was this, this push in this sense this feeling, oh, I'm always behind. I can never catch up. What would it feel
1: like to step out of this, just to be here, to be now with this? And I wanna be clear. I think there are times where it's really important to move quickly.
0: There can be uh, even times where there is urgency. So, I don't want to deny that. But even in that, how is my mind relating to it? Like, it can be such a cool mindfulness um, exercise to practice moving quickly without quote unquote rushing, to get a sense of, oh, wow, I'm moving really quickly, but I'm not in a rush. It feels really different. I remember, um, you know, in the, Zen tradition, I think this might be in both uh, major Zen traditions in Japan, um, definitely in the Rinzai uh, uh, Zen tradition. In a traditional Japanese monastery, the monks uh, are called unsui for the first year that you're ordained. I mean, we didn't do this when I, when I was ordained since we were over here, but an unsui was expected to run wherever they went. And that was their practice. So you get up, and you run to the bathroom, you run to the meditation hall, and they're expected to always be running. Not to rush, but to have a sense of immediacy and being here. And it also undermines this idea that I need to go slowly to really be here and to be now. What I notice is I, I need to make sure I'm not rushing. I can still go quickly,
1: but that's different. How do they feel different? The mind and time are so intertwined. You know, the Zen master Dogen uh, wrote, uh,
0: wrote a fascicle or, or uh, an essay on time called Uji for the time being. And the reason why it's uh, translated as time being is that he was trying to show that our sense of beingness is intimately intertwined with time. And he wanted to point out that there is no time that it, uh, exists outside of this experience of being right now it's not out there there's a, a felt experience of time that's right here because it's in part created by the mind any any uh, even conjectures that all time all the time there is is happening right now that's all we have Yet we have this sense of extension that there's time in the past and then there will be time in the future. Really? That's a conceptualization. All time's just happening right now and and how the mind's conjuring it up. It's all that's going on. So in this sense, if all time is right now, that means if you're in a traffic jam on Milton Road or you're late to a doctor's appointment, or to pick up your kids or to a job interview, it's it's just here, it's just now, it's just this. That's lived experience, the fullness of lived experience. If experiencing a pleasant experience, just here, ah, now, this. If experiencing an unpleasant experience, like things not working out, like Zoom, or somebody needs to cancel, Again, it's just just here, it's just now, it's just this. Or if you experience a situation where you need to move quickly, it's just here, it's just now, it's
1: just this. Are you starting to hear the secret door? What's your relationship to time? I'd like to share with you a poem that that conveys the
0: inevitable messiness of our lives, the uncertainty of our lives, and yet being able to touch something else even in the midst of this. And it's a poem by Marie Howe called What the Living Do. And it's a really the way to imagine this poem is, uh, I think she wrote this when her brother had died recently. She wrote a number of poems in this time. And so he's, she's speaking to him Kind of, he's dead, and she's describing to him, this is what the living do.
1: His name is Johnny. She begins, Johnny, the,
0: ch- the kitchen sink has been clogged for days. Some utensil probably fell down there. And the draino won't work, but smells dangerous. And the crusty dishes have piled up waiting for the plumber I still haven't
1: called. This is the every day we spoke of. It's winter again, the sky's
0: a deep headstrong blue and the sunlight pours through the open living room windows because the heat's on too high in here and I can't turn it off. For weeks now, driving, or dropping a bag of groceries in the street, the
1: bag breaking, I've been thinking, this is what the living do. And
0: yesterday, hurrying along those wobbly bricks in the Cambridge sidewalk, spilling my coffee down my wrist and sleeve, I thought it again. And again later when
1: buying a hairbrush, This is it. Parking, slamming the car door shut in the cold, what you called that yearning, what
0: you finally gave up. We want the spring to come and the winter to pass. We want whoever to call or not call, a letter, a kiss. We want more and more and then more of it. But there are moments walking when I catch a glimpse of myself in the window glass, say the window of a corner video store. And I'm gripped by a cherishing so deep from my own blowing hair, chapped face and unbuttoned coat
1: that I'm speechless. I am living. I remember you. Yeah, our our lives are filled with difficulty and trouble and challenge. The clogged
0: kitchen sink, the spilling of coffee, losing a dear sibling. And then she shifts, right? But there are moments walking when you catch a glimpse of yourself or of a bird
1: or a tree or a child or gripped by a cherishing. Then I'm here right now with this. And it's tricky because my mind can
0: preference some moments over other moments. And then all these mundane moments sometimes get passed by. Oh, this is the moment I'm living for, not that moment. Have you noticed that? And it's different to really touch my lived experience, whether I'm spilling the coffee, or I'm seeing the sunset, or I'm taking a lovely walk, or I feel
1: horrible. It's just here, it's just now, it's just this. So that I, I begin
0: to learn to live a life within time? Yeah but I'm free
1: of time when I touch here, now, and this. What's it like to begin to open just to those moments where you find the secret door and you touch something deeper and closer? Maybe I'll end with one more poem by Marie Howe called The Moment.
0: Oh, the coming out of nowhere moment when nothing happens. No, what have I to do today lest maybe half a moment the rush of traffic stops. The whir of I should be, I should be. I should be slows to silence.
1: The white cotton curtains hanging still. Just to be here. Even for white cotton curtains hanging still. To be in time and to be free of time.